Lord, you are in this place. We say in the name of Jesus that you have authority in this room. As we ended chapel on Monday saying Jesus is Lord, we proclaim that same truth today over our lives. We say that Jesus, you are Lord over our lives. You are Lord over this chapel service. You are Lord over Indiana Wesleyan University. Have your way today, Lord. Move in our lives. Open our hearts. Where, where our hearts are hearts of stone, break it down, Jesus. May our hearts be hearts of flesh, ready to receive your word, ready to receive the truth that you have for us. Lord, we pray in your name that strongholds would fall, that all of our, all of our pushback, all of our resistance would fall, Jesus, and that we would just come as your children, ready to receive your word. We pray that the name of Jesus would be glorified today, that no words, no name that, are, that are of our own would remain today, but the name of Jesus would be lifted high in this place. We pray this in that mighty name, the name of Jesus, amen. Good morning. If you want to follow along this morning, uh, Genesis chapter 6 is where we're going to be. Genesis chapter 6, you can open up your Bible and join us there. As we step into the book of Genesis, I want to provide a little bit of context for us this morning. So while you're turning Genesis 6, I'm going to take us back to the first verses of the Bible. And I want you to just listen up to these as we put these on the screen. This is Genesis 1, 1 and 2. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Two words that are used right here to describe the earth before God creates. Okay, the word formless and the word empty. Now I've got two signs here, one with an F for the word formless. And one with an E for the word empty. Now the word formless in Hebrew, if you go back to some original meaning here, actually means wasteland. Okay, so like a desolate, a desolate place, a place where nothing is growing, nobody lives, it's totally barren, it's useless. That's what foreign, formless means. E, this word empty literally means void. Okay, it literally means nothingness. So separately, formless and void kind of mean like desolate wasteland and void nothingness. But when you put them together in Hebrew, they actually mean something totally different. When these two words come together throughout the Old Testament, it's usually being used by a prophet who's describing the end times. Okay, they're like, the end times are coming, the sky is falling, the sun is not shining, like earth is cracking. When that kind of stuff happens, yeah, like bad these two words are coming together and being used. And when you bring them together, they basically form the word chaos. Now to a Hebrew listener, chaos would not have sounded unusual. There was a really common myth in their day that started in the country of Babylon that said when the gods first created, there was chaos. And for the gods to create, they actually had to wrestle that chaos to the ground. So for you and I today, when we hear the story of like a princess in a castle and she's asleep, we can finish that story by saying, yeah, a prince is going to come, kiss her, and wake her up. Because we know that story. Well, for them, when they heard a creation story that started with chaos, they're like, oh, I know where this is going. 
Yeah, this God is going to wrestle this chaos to the ground and then create. Next part of this verse says that darkness was over the surface of the deep. I don't know how much you know about Hurricane Florence, but Hurricane Florence has caused a massive amount of damage to the United States. Somewhere between 17 and $22 billion worth of damage. There's parts of the Carolinas that got eight months of rain in three days. Eight months of rain, three days. Storm of a lifetime. That storm reminded us that right now we have the technology to almost put a human being on Mars, but we can't control the ocean. The deep in Hebrew, it's like these places that are deep oceans, deep seas, but it's more than just depth. It's like these places that no man can control. So the picture we're getting here of this formless, empty world is this is chaos. This is water that is uncontrollable, untamable. Guys, when you sit in Genesis 1-1, even for just a second, it's uncomfortable. I remember being in fifth grade. And uh, my friend Casey walks up to me. I'm walking into Pioneer Elementary School. And Casey walks up and he says, hey, Garrett, have you heard what happened today? I said, no, I don't know what happened today. He said, somebody just flew a plane into the Twin Towers. And some of you guys are too young to remember that day. But literally, on that day, America sat in chaos. We literally sat in this place of saying, what's going to happen? There was this tension. There was this struggle. That's literally where we're seated in Genesis 1, 1 and 2, is chaos. Now, I want you to keep that in mind as we go to Genesis 6. So open up with me to Genesis 6. We're going to start in verse 5. Genesis 6, 5, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. And that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created. And with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move on the ground. For I regret I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Middle school, we had a best friend named Josh. And uh, Josh and I would hang out a lot together. He was about seven years older than me, so Josh could drive when I couldn't. So he would drive me around. Uh, this is back in the day when you had to drive to Blockbuster to rent a movie, okay? So he would drive me to Blockbuster. We'd rent a movie, go watch it. We would just mess around together, Josh and I. Uh, played a lot of video games together. Uh, we were both pretty musical guys, loved listening to similar music. And um, Josh and I became really close, and we actually ended up going on a mission trip together. Went to Mexico once, went to a bunch of youth camps. And as that happened, Josh and I's relationship began to turn like more spiritual, began to be accountability partners. Uh, Josh was a worship leader, so was I. We would lead worship together a lot at youth camp and, and youth church and all these different places. And when we did that, we began to really sense that God was doing something significant in our lives and that God was leading us towards something. And so uh, one day Josh became a youth pastor at our church. And he was an awesome youth pastor, spontaneous, funny, just this really good guy. And I was a junior when Josh got married. And Josh married his high school sweetheart and they had this awesome relationship. They were this killer youth pastor and wife team. And about a year after that, I moved here to go to Indiana Wesleyan University. I was here my freshman year and I remember hearing back home that Josh was having trouble in his marriage. And that really shocked me because I was close with Josh. I knew this guy's heart. I was like, dude, I, I love him. I know where he's at. He was struggling with his marriage. 
Another six months passes. He's still struggling in his marriage. I was getting these difficult reports of like what was going on. So I remember going back to visit Josh after two years of college. I remember walking to his house and this crazy moment came where I'm listening to Josh have a phone call upstairs and he's cussing somebody out over the phone. And I'm looking around his kitchen and there's like alcohol all over his kitchen. And I like straight up watched my best friend go from this amazing, amazing person that had a call on his life and was in ministry to suddenly walking in all this deception. And my heart was so hurt. I was like, dude, I've had moments with you. Like, I've seen you preach anointed messages. I've seen you lead anointed worship. What's going on? Like, I'm losing my best friend, and I cannot help but think, in Genesis 6, does God not feel the same way? Like, he's created mankind to be his best friend. He wants to walk with us in the garden. That's his original intent. And yet here we have every inclination of a human heart being evil. It's like God took the world from chaos, and as man grew and their numbers grew, their wickedness deepened until God gets to a point in the timeline of Genesis where he says, enough, enough. My heart is grieved. I've lost my best friend. I'm sad. So what does God say in Genesis 6? I'm going to send floodwaters again. I'm going to send deep, deep waters, and we're going to go back to how things were before. I'm sending back chaos. But there's a line in Genesis 6 that we didn't read, and it says this. After the flood, after the flood, a wind was sent over the water. Now, guys, the early church fathers had two layers they read scripture at. Layer one was the obvious layer, the physical layer, which just means the wind was blowing and it blew back the physical waters. But there was also a metaphoric layer. In Hebrew, the word for wind is the same word for spirit. So some of the early church fathers read this, that when God has returned the earth to chaos, that God did not just send a wind, he sent his spirit. He sent the Holy Spirit to blow back the waters of chaos. And literally the Hebrew people see their story as a continual cycle over and over of the waters of chaos rising and God speaks his spirit. And the waters of chaos rise and he speaks his spirit. He did it at the flood, he did it at the Red Sea, and he did it at creation. 2005, Christopher Nolan tried something that nobody in the movie industry thought he could pull off. Christopher Nolan was asked to recreate the Batman character. And I don't know if you know this, but when Christopher Nolan first started the Dark Knight trilogy, he'd only ever done these big one-hit wonders. He was really good at one particular film at a time. So he makes Batman Begins, and he ends it with this scene, right? Some of you remember this, where the Joker card gets shown by Gordon. And it's like he leaves it open for a sequel, but he wasn't planning on making a sequel at the time. And this thought began to occur to, to Christopher Nolan. He's like... What if I could make a movie that was all about chaos? I mean, Batman Begins was literally a movie about fear. The Dark Knight Rises was a movie about pain. He wanted to make one about chaos, so he literally makes a movie about the villain. And he puts out an ad saying, I want actors for the part of the Joker. And there's one guy out of everybody that applied that he wanted. And most of you know who that is, Heath Ledger. When he chose Heath Ledger, everybody's like, this makes no sense. Heath Ledger's a pretty boy. He's from A Knight's Tale. He's like blonde. How are you going to make him an agent of chaos? So get this. Christopher Nolan and Heath Ledger sit down together. They go over paintings 
and stories of clowns from the last several hundred years. They watch movie series that are about psychotic, insane people. They just go all in. And Heath Ledger keeps this journal of all these different Joker notes and locks himself up in a hotel for one month practicing the voice, the mannerisms. And he leaves that hotel a month later. He's become the Joker. Some people watched this and they were like, dude, this is almost like too real. Okay, this is almost like too good. And I think the reason people said that is because chaos is alive today. What if this isn't just the story of the Bible, guys? What if this is your story? So here's what I think. I think there's three different positions we can find ourselves in as it relates to chaos. I'm going to say position one is here, position two is here, and position three is here. And these positions differ depending on who may have opened a door to chaos in your life. Here's position one. Position one is where I've opened the door, okay? Uh, I travel a lot. Uh, I go on a lot of toll roads. And so sometimes when you go on a toll road, you have to bring out cash and go to this little toll booth and pay the, the fee. And there's a guard usually in the toll booth whose job it is is to make sure you submit the proper fee. And you pay the fee, and what do they do? They give you a ticket. They say, hey, you have permission, you have access to drive on this road. Well, there come moments in your spiritual walk where an agent of chaos, whatever it is, walks up to the toll booth in your life and says, hey, can I have entry? And if you allow that thing in, if you give it a ticket, you give it permission, you're allowing chaos to do whatever it wants in your life. So position one is called sin. You have agreed with the enemy. You've come into alignment with chaos. So don't be surprised when there's a wreck on your road. That's what happens. And some of us are sometimes wrestling with clarity. Why can't I have clarity on the voice of God? Sometimes God's voice is hard to discern. But if you're dealing with a spirit of confusion, you have to ask yourself, have you let chaos in? Have you opened a door saying, hey, come on in? Position one is sin. Position two sometimes is a lot harder to identify. Because when you're in position two, you didn't make the choice to let chaos in. Somebody else did. Position two is the system you're in. You see, sometimes you're part of a political system and somebody above you makes a choice that was not the right choice and they let chaos in. Sometimes you're part of a family system, right? And somebody made a choice to let chaos in, to abuse somebody, to get a divorce. You didn't choose that. We're not talking position one. This was not sin. This is the system. The system you're living in has produced chaos. And sometimes it's not sin. Sometimes it's not the system. Sometimes it's spiritual warfare. I'm not going to show you that video right now. Uh, last year, I came to this moment where the Lord was speaking to me about my ministry. And he was saying, Garrett, in 2018, I really, really want to use your preaching ministry. And I remember coming into 2018, I had my first event of the year, and I was like, God, I'm so excited for this. I'm at a youth event in Michigan. I'm getting ready to go on stage. And just before I go on stage, I had this huge wave of fear. Just this huge wave of fear hit me, and I'm like, man, what is going on? And I remember at this event, I'm back in this office space, getting ready to go on stage, and I'm just weeping. And I'm just crying because all this fear, all this confusion, all this chaos hit me. 
And it wasn't something I opened a door to. It wasn't the system I was in. It was just something else. And like that was a pattern, guys. Every event I would go to the beginning of this year, I would have this like freak out moment, this like panic attack, or right before I'm getting to go on stage, there would be this fear that would come and hit me. And I remember this spring, I was getting ready to preach here in chapel on February 2nd. I was getting ready to talk about the glory of God. And the night before, I could tell one of these chaos moments was going to come. I was like, man, this is going to happen again. And in the middle of the night, the Lord came to me and said, Garrett, open your mouth and speak. Open your mouth and speak. It was pitch black in my apartment. I stood up, I'm in my pajamas, and I started preaching. God said, speak to the chaos. Garrett, I used to speak to chaos through my spirit. I still do the same today. Guys, I believe that. There's chaos today, but the thing is, God still sends his spirit against that chaos to calm it. And here's the reality. God's spirit has two voices today. He speaks through the scripture and he speaks through the church. So sometimes when you're dealing with chaos, you go to the word and he speaks to you through that. Sometimes you go to the church, your accountability partner. You say, hey, speak into my life. Calm this chaos. And when those two voices fail, he speaks through a third voice, the cross. When God spoke the first time at creation and said, let there be light, he spoke the last time at the cross saying, it is finished. The Spirit still speaks. He still speaks and we need to claim that voice against our chaos. Guys, the lie in this room is that you were designed for this. That's the lie we believe. This is just normal. Right? Chaos, sin, it's just normal. Chaos in the system, it's normal. No, it's not normal. God did not intend you for this. You were not created for this. You were created in his image, in peace, in love, in clarity. That's what God has for you. I believe God's heart is broken when his people settle for living in chaos. I know some of us in this room listen to the Spirit. You listen for God's voice. But here's the thing. I think God is calling us to listen to his voice in a much more real way. Like I know sometimes we listen to the spirit and we're like, God, what are you saying? What would it look like though every moment of the day to ask that question? Like every moment when you feel chaos or feel confusion to not say, I'm going to wait for my devotions tomorrow. But in that moment say, spirit, speak to me. Spirit, speak to me. To say, spirit, right now, do you want to speak to the scripture? Do you want to speak to the church? Or you want to speak through the sun. If I'm going throughout the day and literally I feel confusion, in that very moment, I'll turn to the Spirit. I'll say, Spirit, what voice do you want to use? If he says scripture, I open up my Bible right there. If he says the church, I immediately text one of my accountability partners. If he says, Garrett, I want to speak through the cross, I usually put on worship music and just rest. Just rest in the finished work of the cross. What would it look like if we took that vision that idea of the Spirit speaking into the chaos of our lives. Two years ago, Mosaic MSC in California, worship band, came out with the song Tremble. And that was a huge song, right? It went around the world. People were identifying with it everywhere. And I think part of the reason people identify with that song is because it took an offensive, sort of militant push against chaos. It said, we as a people are created not to live in this. We're created to push back. And we have the authority to push back in the name of Jesus. And I think that today God wants us to step into that authority. To say, we're not supposed to sit in this any longer. So if there's chaos, I think we're supposed to speak to it today. 
We're supposed to speak to it with the authority of Jesus and in the name of Jesus, saying, no, the Spirit of God still speaks. He's still the God that does not have to wrestle chaos. He can just speak to it. So would you guys do this with me right now? Would you stand up right now? Worship team's going to go ahead and come on the stage. Uh, prayer team, uh, you can go and take your spots over by the cross. If you're on the prayer team this morning, just come on over by the cross. I'd love for all of us to close our eyes for a second right now. God, you are not a God of chaos. God, you're a God of clarity. You're a God of peace. And so God, right now, I just pray in this room, if there's anybody that is wrestling with chaos in their life, that you would just highlight that right now. God, some of us have chaos because we're in position one. We have let that chaos in. God, some of us have aligned ourselves with the enemy. We've said, yeah, you can walk in, agent of chaos. But God, some of us, it's nothing we're doing wrong. We haven't committed some sin. We haven't done something against your heart. It's just the system we're in. God, it's just the family we were born in. It's, it's the political system. It's the education system. And God, for some people, it's it's just like what I experienced this last year. It's just spiritual warfare. But God, in this moment, we ask, Holy Spirit, do what you have always done. Do what you've always done. You're the God who has spoken against chaos from eternity. God, at creation, you did that. At the flood, you did that. And God, your heart is so for us. Your heart is so to be with us, to unleash peace. And so right now, if there's confusion, if there's chaos, if somebody here is wrestling with that, I pray you'd speak to them right now. Just speak, Holy Spirit. Speak, Holy Spirit. If you agree with that right now, would you just tell him that in your heart? Just say, speak, Holy Spirit. Speak today. Speak to us now, God.